Alright kids, I know you're sitting here thinking to yourself, um, I thought this was a Broadway themed show, Keith. Um, who, who is this singing and what are you giving me? I am giving you, <laughs> you're going to love this. I'm sitting in the room with this Jennifer Holiday, Iconic, Tony Award, Grammy Award winning Jennifer Holiday. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. I, first of all, you know, I have, I, you know, there's, so many things that go through my mind when I get the opportunities to talk to people like you. And I'm so thrilled and so thankful that you have time for me. So we'll just get that pleasantry stuff out of the way because we're both from Texas and you need to be nice, Miss Jennifer. <laughs> so, Miss Jennifer, um, first of all, this is from her brand new CD that this is like first time in almost 19 to almost 20 years that you've recorded a solo album. Is that true? 23 years. 23 yes. years? Mm -hmm. um, so the first question is, girl, what took you so long? <laughs> well, just uh, the music business changed so much, and uh, the definition of R&B changed even more uh, over the decades. And so just to try to find a place to reenter uh, just, just never felt the right time. Wow. Now, when you talk about how the, the business itself has changed, what was the first thing that you noticed that was so different <laughs> when you stepped back in? Well, when I stepped back in, they don't use tape in the <laughs> recording studio no more. That's the first one. <laughs> they don't use tape no more. Uh -uh. It's too modern. Uh, so that's the first thing. And um, second, this uh, new uh, with the social media right. and how now music is uh, available uh, to everyone and uh um, so that is the most biggest change, I guess, uh, and quite alarming for everyone. But then yet for me, it allows someone like myself who's coming in independently to have a, a, a an entrance uh, on my own to be able to say, OK, I want to take this directly to the public, not where back in the day, if an A&R person who just didn't like the fact that you had on red today can say, we're going to shelve, shelve your album. You know, I'm going to not going to put it out. So the times are different in the sense where, yes, we don't get paid a lot from our things that are on the the YouTube or things like that. But the the reward outweighs what kind of financial gain from that in the sense that even a person with only an inch of uh, the talent uh, that I have can take their case to the public and let the public decide whether they should have uh, uh, an audience or not. And I think that that is the greatest thing about coming back at this time, that I'll let the public tell me, not some person perched in a desk who doesn't know what they're talking about or who they're talking about say this isn't good enough so we're just gonna let it sit here for a while and you know uh you do the best you can get a, get get along the best you can i love it i love mm -hmm. it that's miss jennifer holiday here with me on behind the curtain and again you have had a very it's it's kind of strange because you've been out for a long time perceived long time but i mean i i don't believe that at no time at all through that period that you were not always singing am i right you know to assume that um there, Even, there were some there were some years where where i was not singing 
um, not because I did not want to, because I just didn't have the work or the opportunity. Um, and then um, uh, I guess there were maybe only a few years where I just felt that the choices of when I did get some work offers were not worth me to uh, to do some harm to my instrument. You know, it's like, you know, if I could use the money, but then I felt maybe damage my voice in some sense. And so a lot of things I would just have to say, you know, let's just wait till the time is right. Because um, all choices are not good choices, you know, that we make. And that's just for everyone, not just in the music business. So a lot of times I would have to say, I'd have to pass on things because I would go, I, I, I'm still... Uh, a person uh, who people expect different things from. And just because I need the money, I'm not going to have them come and pay and see something that's not worthy of their money just because I need the money. So a lot of times I just sit it out. Wow. Mm-hmm. And that's hard to do, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Very hard. Wow. Miss mm-hmm. Jennifer Holiday here with me on Behind the Curtain. And she is celebrating what I think is a wonderful return to the music scene to the R&B scene with this CD called it's entitled this song is you and on it, which is really fun. You play with, I think everything that, and, and, and I mean like you're doing, nobody does it better. You know, then you turn around and giving me, um, it's not about you, <laughs> which I was just listening to before I came down here. Uh, it's not about you. Right, right. Uh, I think that's what we need to go out with. It's not about you. It's about me. Like, you know, how much fun is it? And then, of course, like I said before, I mentioned that I, I've seen you perform live in this past year. And even within your set now, you were doing things like, you know, Ella Fitzgerald. You, you you bring the same that Barbara Streisand song here. To, um, oh my God, it's gonna go right out of my head, um, and it's so beautiful and it's so haunting about being love me by name. Love me by name, name. And at the same time, I know you in your confessionals. You know when you're in your patter, as they mm-hmm. like to say in the cabaret world. <laughs> um, you talked about going back and discovering these people like freshly like new so do what influences did you have that brought you to the music scene to begin with is what people know i mean i know you a gospel girl just aretha franklin aretha franklin was my only inspiration all the way up until i started working on dream girls because i really didn't know much about uh anyone else i grew up in the the church i sang in the choir but also sang in the community choir and so we did a lot of church things mm-hmm. i did know about other records but mostly back in that time a lot of groups you know ltd all those kind of people um and then um down texas you know my family did uh gospel but then blues was close to gospel so right. i knew about johnny taylor i knew about you know other bobby blue bland all of that because <laughs> that go with barbecue all of that go see all that go with barbecue down in texas you know what i'm saying i'm so, from galveston so yes see, honey, you know what i'm saying for real so they want some real music <laughs> uh, 
to go with all of that. <laughs> the ribs you know and the I'm sauce saying? and L- the potato salad. Listen, honey. Okay, all right. That was, and that was sad to say because I know you've you've struggled with your weight, and I'm and I'm doing you know trying to get back into that plan. But child, we grew up with some good eating. Though. Oh yeah, some Ooh. good eating and being so close to the Gulf there and, and the Cajun food and everything. Ooh. So we had it all. And uh, so my only influence had been mostly uh, Aretha Franklin. Um, Mavis Davis of the Staple Singers. I used to love her. Um, and that was really about it. Um, I did like uh, Minnie Ripperton, um mm-hmm. because I loved her voice. But of course, you know, my voice is not the same as hers. So that was just admiration, not in terms of wanting to emulate, but more of admiration. And um Natalie Cole was coming up during that time, you know, so just a few things, but not not no one more so than Aretha or down Texas. Aretha, 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 Aretha. Is that Aretha on TV? (laughs) This is Jennifer Holiday here with me behind the curtain. And again, so you you're saying like Ella Fitzgerald, Sarah Vaughn, all of these wonderful singers you're discovering for the first time at a different place in your life Mm -hmm. because like I'm, you know, my parents. That was music that was in the house when I was growing up because my father was a big music person, so he enjoyed all of it. Dinah Washington, the whole mm-hmm. thing. So I, I knew who these people were growing up, and it, it. I wonder. I mean, and I enjoyed listening as a child, but I wonder what that would have been like as an adult who has lived a little in terms of singing and has been out in the world performing to discover those for the first time. Well. First, first of all, and I'm just completely honest about everything, it was a means of survival. Uh, Marvin Hamlish told me to, that uh, that that would be the late Marvin Hamlish uh, yeah. uh, had mentioned to me, you know, why don't I try some other music because I was out of work and I, you know, they kept trying to throw me on shows, you know, multiple shows with the OJs and the this and the photo. I was like, child, I don't know that stuff. I don't know that stuff. I ain't got number one hit. And I, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I was like, listen, you know. And so really was just, you know, shaking my head of what to do now. And he said, I really think you ought to learn. I think your voice has a lot of colors you're not using that would uh, the music would lend itself to. And he said, you need to learn about these, uh, some of these singers and go and listen. So I went on a, a, a kind of a, a thing to learn, teach myself a um, lot of uh, research and discovery. I went on the great thing about that time. And this is a little over um, 10 years ago. A lot of the record stores here in Atlanta, I mean, st- I'm sorry, here in New York were still around. And so I could get albums from Colonies and mm. uh, Groove and go down to um, all the way down to the village and get all of these, collect all of these things. All a lot of these places are no longer oh, here. Yeah. And um, so therefore uh, I could get them and I could listen. Then people would even suggest songs to me. You know, if I go to like Colony or wherever these places and they say, wait, Jennifer, you ever heard of this song? Listen to this. You ever heard of so-and-so? Listen to that. So I went just really just drenched myself. And, and he told me that I needed a 70-minute repertoire uh, of, of repertoire for a show. And if I got it together and got an arranger and got charts that he would hire me, and he kept his word. He worked uh, across the country, but then he became the conductor of several um, of the symphony houses, and he brought me along with him. So right up until he died, we worked together. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's Miss mm-hmm. Jennifer Holiday here with me on Behind the Curtain. So... 
What was it like working with Marvin Hamlish? It was really great. First of all, he just a, a wonderful, warm man, but just hilarious. Just a great sense of humor. So you mm-hmm. laughed a lot with Marvin, um, and just a great teacher. And if he if he fusses at you, he makes it just tells you it's clear, and then. Um, you know, you get it, and that's that's it. You, you know, you don't need repeating. But he he's so uh, forgiving in the sense that you know he knows he's the 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 mentor. He knows he's the teacher, and he knows you're learning. So he'll say, okay, the next time, don't do that. Do this, blah 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 blah, whatever. And um, and he would pick some songs for me uh, when he had was stricken. Uh, ill he had done uh some music from gershwin for me and um i had uh, never sung any of those songs and he picked out and got the arrangements so it was quite a a great way for me to to learn even though at, at a late age in life you know even though you know i was uh um not knowledgeable of any of these people prior to um, and I know you say, well, how is that? But like I said, they were not in my home there. You know, we didn't, they didn't play that music child. It was, it was Joe, Ta- Johnny Taylor. Who's making love with your old lady. That's what my, that's what it was in my house. It's like, that's it. You know, or, or, oh my God. or Joe Tex or what did it, you know, it was like, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, so all of that wasn't, you know, I didn't go grow, grow up with all of that stuff. How funny. Mm-hmm. Oh, Miss Jennifer Holiday here with me and behind the curtain. I, you know, it's funny, though, because, you know, I, we talk about the fact that you grew up with the church. And it's interesting that one of your core audiences and the most supportive audiences for you, I know, because I'm a part, a part of that mix, is that the gay audience has been there for you from the moment that Dane Gong from And I'm Telling You started to this very day. Because I, I went to, to see you at 54 Below and luckily, I was with Miss Irene Gandy, who was like, "Child, you were part of the press. You come with me." And she, she moved me to the front of the line. But, honey, that line was down to the end of the block, and and there were several, as we like to say, "Yes, honey, queen," so standing there waiting, talking. Ooh, Miss Jennifer's gonna be here. We'll be seeing Miss Jennifer. And it's always that same question that we uh, I have because I too grew up in the church, and it's like, how have you? How did you manage to reconcile the? some of the issues that the black church is specifically have with homosexuality and your core beliefs, because, you know, I still, I feel your Christian vibes and I, and I think to myself, you know, how, how were you able to, how were you able to navigate your way through that in order to be able to feel the way to to reciprocate the feeling, at least for us, that we get from you. Like, first, first of all, there was no need for me to reconcile anything because at the time when I came along, uh, most gays were still closeted. Um, right. You know, we're talking over thirty years ago, so a lot of people were still gay and married with people not even coming out. You know, and then unfortunately, I came along at a time when AIDS had just uh, come on the scene, devastated not only the world but the but really took out the the Broadway community um and uh pretty much the whole male cast and uh uh chorus and leaders of dream girls as well so it was no need for me to 
reconcile anything because they were in the closet and wasn't even no talking about anything. Nobody. And then definitely down south, you know, if you had somebody, um, you know, that was gay, you know, your mother would just say, "Okay, honey, he got a little sugar in his thing. That's about that's about it. You yeah. got to figure out the whole rest of what it's just talking about. Right. You know, even though you knew, you know. And so the first time when I came to Broadway, I never, I, I, even though I heard that there were gay men because you knew that the choir director was gay and you knew probably all of that mm-hmm. stuff, but you didn't see anything. You just yeah. only heard of it. The first time I saw two people of the same sex kiss when I first came out, I was like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ooh. <laughs> and my mother would say, how's everything going? I think I'm going to come up there. Ooh, no, 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 no. <laughs> you don't want to come up here. No, ooh, no, 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 no. You do not want to come up here because I knew if she came up there, I would have been. I would have yep. never been able to stay. She would have know taken you back home. And not that she was against gays or anything, but it was the first time I had seen anything. I'd never seen people do coke openly. I'd never seen people until I came up here, you know. But I, like I said, I was a young girl, so there was nothing for me to reconcile but all take in. And then the devastation of the AIDS uh, virus, which did not have a name at that time, it was just called the gay white man's disease at that point, and the horror of of Parents saying that they were not going to come up and pick up these people's bodies and mm-hmm. and churches not uh, burying them and people, funeral homes not taking them and burning their bodies. That was the most, every 15 minutes someone we knew was dead, you know. And so, so, so no, it was nothing for me to reconcile or navigate with the church because nobody was talking about it 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have to navigate anything uh, then when people started coming out now in terms of what they do, well, when you look back at it, uh, I think one of the connections that I have with the gay audience was that I was their church, that I was a way that they could find uh, God, feel, feel love, feel soul, feel passion and not be judged Um not because anybody was talking about anything, but their own private pain. Just so much with Effie, not so much with Jennifer Holiday. Right. I think that they associated themselves with Effie so much so that when I lost weight, I got a lot of backlash from the gay community talking about I had sold out because I lost weight. I said, no, you just mad because you can't impersonate me no more <laughs> and you need to go on a diet. Okay? Now look. Don't be writing me no more letters. <laughs> don't, don't, don't hate, honey. Celebrate. Yeah. Back then it was letters. I was like, what are all these letters? Just- what is wrong with y'all send me no letters talking about i I sold out and and because i lost weight but they were identifying themselves with effie right and what effie had become with them and their pain and her awkwardness and her uh you know being an outcast and being ugly and that was you know that was their sympathy there it's so funny when you say that i have this wonderful friend of mine named joey flowers i love to call him that he always, the quote that he has, he's like, try to live your life like Effie White and act to a dream girls. <laughs> and, that's, and that's what you got to do. And, that, and that's what you got to do. You know, that's Pick really what you got to do. up from whatever, right. where you were, and, and move on. Right. And find, find your, your voice. Right. That's Miss Jennifer Holiday, honey, on Behind the Curtain telling you like a T.I. Tears, honey. <laughs> and celebrating her new CD, This Song Is You. Or the song is you, excuse me. Um, wow, I feel like at some point it, you, you know, it's it's interesting because you know I've, I, you got to do the research, you got to look around, and you find these things. And one of the things that I've become very 
excited about, and I know this is going to sound like a weird thing to say excited about, but it's about the openness that you have had about your issues with depression and with your issues with suicide, with the issues with um, MS. I, ha- I have a dear friend of mine who I remember when she was diagnosed, she was a school teacher in Houston, as a matter of fact. And she said, she when she called me, she was just like, I just don't know what to do with this. She's mm-hmm. like, I don't understand up to this moment, what in the hell did I do to myself to have this happen? Mm-hmm. And and I said to her, I said, well, you know, you're not in, you're not alone in that struggle. And when people like you, Miss Jennifer Holiday, open up and say, I have had to deal with this too, mm-hmm. it changes that. Like, when did you decide that you were going to be open about those issues? Like, well, I think that um, when the clinical depression. Uh, I came forth because Susan Taylor, who was then editor-in-chief of Essence magazine, uh, it was a little over 20, 25 years ago, um, uh, Phyllis Hyman had just committed suicide. A lot of people were very distraught and very confused. And so she said to me, Jennifer, she said, would you please just at least talk about it because people I need to write a piece on depression I need to write it from a true point I need to write it from an in-depth insight and everything and I said I I don't want to do any interviews or anything like that and she said I I promise and in fact I was out in California working on something and and I almost canceled it because I was like I don't really do any interviews and I don't really want to talk about this I guess some of it I was a little ashamed too and it hadn't really been discussed all of those years ago nobody was talking really well about culturally depression. we don't yeah. talk about that stuff right and that's what she was saying and so she um, said if you trust me and I get the right writer and I will show you all of this and you can approve uh the edit before we go to print she said will you do it so i did do it and that was what uh made me come forth after phyllis's death because and that's why um that song is not about you phyllis hyman wrote that with gordon chambers Mm -hmm. and so i wanted i wanted to do something in her memory i didn't want to choose any of the ballads that was just still a little too much for me i didn't want to have uh it was a little too haunting for me so i chose one of her more um, you know, musical things, even though she didn't do a lot of a lot of that. I chose that one. And so Susan Taylor had asked me to do that and and it went to print and then that's when I started to to talk about that. The multiple sclerosis that just recently came out mm-hmm. uh uh because uh an organization had asked me to raise money for them and um uh, I, I thought it was a worthy enough cause. They, I live in Atlanta, Georgia now, and there's a, an organization there that's only just started the Multiple Sclerosis Center of Atlanta, and they needed to raise money. And so, you know, I, as a personal cause, I thought I would, you know, come forth uh, and uh, unbeknownst to, to so many people and so many people even in my family, they did not know that I had MS. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Miss Jennifer Holiday here with me. On behind the curtain and we're just talking just mm-hmm. talking mm-hmm. it's so it's uh, like i said it's it is it is a wonderful opportunity that sometimes i get to have by having moments like this with with people like you yes. and um again you you hit the nail on the head by saying that you know your openness is what changes the way people feel about those things mm-hmm. uh, you know and it's oh, i don't want to get all weird I feel like it's it's a blessing that I've had this opportunity to talk to you, Thank you. from a personal place because <laughs> having this conversation, sometimes people don't understand you guys that are listening 
all the time that you you hear us talking to people that have this level of celebrity and fame and things like that that go on and these artists that are all doing these things but the same way that that you are affected by them we are affected and we are lucky because we get to I get to sit five feet away from Jennifer Holiday and tell her how much I love her. Thank you. And I hope that you guys go out and get her CD. This, this, excuse me, the song is you. I'm telling you, she's given some stuff on there that y'all am not ready for, <laughs> honey. It's not about you. That's the song I'm telling you about. <laughs> and again, iconically, you are going to be always linked to, and I'm telling you. Sure. And uh, how does that feel? Like that is your place in history. I'm so, so fine about it. I have never tired of the song and I have never uh, met with any bitterness or resentment for the song. Uh, The only thing I have met with resentment of it for the character of Effie in the association with uh, when I did lose the weight, I, I went through so much rejection for so many years from people wanting me to continue to keep looking like Effie. Well, you know and what? it was just a, a very hard thing. Uh, so it took a while uh, for the public to catch up with me with that. Other than that, the song itself um, has, you know, meant so much to so many different people, uh, myself uh, in- included, as I go through life, go through all my marriages, everything. It just changed. <laughs> it just changed, child. It's like, okay. Let's sing it in a higher key tonight. <laughs> I want to read something different. But the best part is, is that here we are 30 plus years later and you still can sing the song. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I owe that to my Broadway chaining. I went straight from the Baptist Church Choir to the Broadway stage. You have to be very disciplined to be in the theater. Eight shows a week, uh, and then I ended up doing six, but no less than that. And uh, not only do you have to do them show, you have to, you know, sound good. You so have to sound good. yeah, yeah, you can't just go to the show eight times a week. You really have to be good. So, um, so it was quite always quite disciplined, you know, and no no drinking, no smoking, no mm-hmm. drugs. You know, um, very, very little parting uh, to to make sure that my instrument would be intact so the audience would not be disappointed. Because even back then, the ticket, I thought, was very high. And I just didn't want people to come and say, oh, well, that was a waste of my money because yeah. she she didn't even feel it. She walked through the show. She didn't even care. She sounded terrible. You know, whatever. I just, you know, the only thing you hear about me is that I went and tickets she wasn't there. Uh, <laughs> you you might hear that. You might hear that. But I hope you're not going to ever hear and say, I saw her and she mm-hmm. was terrible. I'm hoping that that never happened because that's that's the, that's my pleasure to do that, to do that for the audience. Thank you, Miss Jennifer, Thank for being so spending some time with me here on Behind the Curtain. Okay. Do not forget her CD. The song is you. I know y'all be downloading all kinds of other foolishness. Y'all lost your minds behind Beyonce and that madness. Do not forget the the people like Beyonce and them owe their careers to folks like Miss Jennifer Thank Holiday. You. So Thank you. we're gonna make that happen. Okay. Thank you so much for spending time with me. Thank you so much. And we will be back. I think we're gonna go out with it's not about you. That's what we're gonna do now.